Next on BYU Sports Nation, down goes Princeton. The tourney train is rolling. And other Game 1 overreactions for BYU basketball. What's the latest injury update on the BYU running backs, including Jamal Williams, who just received a prestigious invite. Plus, cross-country coach Ed Eisen on BYU's chances for a national title. And between the lines goes undercover with soccer star Ashley Hatch. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. We are live in Radio Vision, BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tuesday, November 15th, wherever and however you have chosen to dial in, we thank you. It's great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Lightning McQueen enthusiast Jerem Jordan. I think that's you. You have lightning, or you have lightning snacks. That I, Fruit that snacks. I do. This is, that is this product is the key. placement. This is the key to me being uh, on top of my game. Lightning McQueen fruit snacks. Specifically, <laughs> you sound like a five-year-old, <laughs> which those were purchased for a five-year-old. Kachow! In your house. Oh, love it so much. Great great movie. I had an interesting experience last night. I was invited to watch the BYU basketball game as a fan. I thought this was every game. Well, hey, settle down now. (laughs) Settle down. I'm very good about following the rules when uh, when we're in uh, media credentialed areas. Yeah. But but sitting around fans, it was strange. I was like, oh, I... Like, I can, you're like clapped and like I yelled and stuff. I can cheer. I can cheer and it's not looked down upon. Yeah. That would not be tolerated on press row. <laughs> there, uh, Al- there although it does appear by, right? sometimes on press row. <laughs> well, it, I, hey, I, I see some media members. It's funny. Like a ref will make a call. There are media that cover BYU independently of BYU, right? We work for BYU. Mm-hmm, okay? mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we try and maintain some semblance of uh, neutrality. Right? Yes. As yes. I put on the blue goggle. Yeah, neutrality. <laughs> <laughs> and professionalism. Blue goggle alert. Blue goggle yeah. alert. Um, blue I did see alert. one uh, one one media member put his arm out like, shove! He's shoving! It's like, <laughs> I'm not going to say who or what. <laughs> Newspaper. But yeah, it happens on Press Row. It does. <laughs> it happens sometimes. It wasn't uh, me. Yeah. I don't work for a newspaper. It's it's re- it's really fun. However, you got to be careful. If you uh, if you don't obey the rules, you could uh get hoisted, man. Hashtag Brigham. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun to watch as a fan though. Yeah. Like it, oh, it took me a while game. to warm up to get into like the groove yeah. of doing that, but it's like the show. It takes a while. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> like we'll we're, be, we're not in fifth gear right now. Yeah, we're like we'll, in third. We'll be second. rolling here in about ten minutes. Yeah, t- yeah ten <laughs> minutes. Wow. <laughs> here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Look at kick. They're not stepping in front. Go all the way to the goal. Cook into double figures with 11. Mika, the offensive rebound. Put back and the foul. Good job. Nice, nice rebound. Eric Mika and BYU men's basketball beat Princeton last night in the season opener, 82-73. Mika had a career-high 26 points and 18 rebounds. Welcome back, big fella. Gee. Tied a BYU record with nine offensive rebounds. TJ Haas was the fourth-ever freshman to score 20 points in his first game. More on our reactions to that game and yours coming up in a moment. Jamal Williams is going to play in the Senior Bowl January 28th in Mobile, Alabama. Yesterday, head coach Kalani Sitake also gave an injury update on the running backs. Algie Brown and Squally Canada did not practice yesterday. 
and they will monitor their progress along with Jamal Williams. So the running back's kind of banged up, but congratulations to Jamal Williams. The Senior Bowl is a big deal. Ziggy Ansah made a lot of money by going to the Senior Bowl because he impressed, and then he became the fifth pick. So if Jamal Williams wants to be drafted, I think he needs to show well at the Senior Bowl. Ladies got next, specifically Amy Boswell, who was named the West Coast Conference Women's Volleyball Player of the Week. BYU Women's Volleyball jumped up two spots in the rankings. They're back in the top ten at number ten in the AVCA Coaches Poll. They also have an RPI of six. Six, Jerem. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, that, they're in a position to, to ho- maybe host some matches in the postseason, be seeded, which is pretty crazy. You think about the 2014 team, unseeded, went to the national title match. This team, I think, will be seeded. They're legit, man. Yeah, they should be a four seed, right, according to the soccer <laughs> logic? <laughs> yeah, about that. <laughs> and in the final USTFCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCCC
Aren't they? Don't they start at square one with everyone else? Because they're really, really I good. I give you last night's game <laughs> as evidence as to why they deserve it. And clearly, Jerem, the Lone Peak Three have already lived up to the hype. <laughs> It's fantastic. Without a question, they hey, I, are the greatest. Well, how how about this, though? We've been waiting five years for this It moment. was so fun to watch Rich, it. TJ Haas and Nick Emery walk into Dave Rose's office. They commit together, and the hype ensues, right? They just played on ESPN2 last night for the first time together, and they all scored 15-plus. Two of them scored 20. Two off a mission. One straight off. Uh, hadn't played college basketball. TJ Haas has 20. Pretty stinking that's, that's, good. Uh, that's awesome. I, and that's not an overreaction, that the Lone Peak are really good. All right, Jerem, give me another re- overreaction then. Uh, Sweet 16 or plus, Spencer <laughs> <laughs> No one's going to stop him. Yeah, that's an overreaction. It's, it's early, people. At it, si- that was a really nice win. I, I think beating Princeton was really good. But, yeah, we're going to have fun with this today. At Cisco Roos says, BYU is going to the final four. Whoa. Blue goggles and blue Kool-Aid all around. Yeah, we can have that. You know that, you know that uh, intergalactic Kool-Aid in Star Wars? That Luke and his family, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru that they drink? Yeah, that's the blue Kool-Aid he's talking about. How about this? Fun fact. Eric Meek is going to shoot 90% from the free throw <laughs> line for the entire season. He's out to the NBA after one year. Well, one of those could be. Hey, it's overreaction as well. I don't. You and I had this conversation at halftime. I don't think Eric Mick is going to be here all three years. I know it was just one game. He's so I know. good. He's, he's yeah, he's good. If he's healthy and he keeps going and he can make free throws, he's not going to go twelve or thirteen the whole season. NBA that scouts awesome. liked him when he was a true freshman before his he's, mission. Fran Fraschella tweeted that he reminds him of Sabonis. DeMontis Sabonis, who was the 11th pick in the draft to Orlando, traded to the Thunder. At BYU Albert tweeting, and Eric Meek is one and done. Heck, maybe he gets picked up halfway through the season. <laughs> what if Eric Meek is like, yeah, I'm going to leave after this year, but I'm going to play the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I think Eric Meek is BYU's best draft prospect in a long time. Obviously, since uh, Jim Fernandez. Well, he's showing you something as of last night. Yeah. But again, it's, it's, it's game one game. It, it's one game. One it's game. W- but it's one game, so take it for what it's worth. All right, Jerem. BYU will go undefeated in non-conference play, thirteen and zero. Now, well, here, this is interesting. I looked up this morning in the Ken Palm rankings. Ken Palm, where I live in Salt Lake, by the way, awesome national college basketball stats guy. He has BYU at number forty-eight now in the Ken Palm rankings, top fifty. Fantastic. BYU is ranked higher in the Ken Palm rankings than any of its remaining non-conference opponents. How about that? Mm. The uh, four are in the top seventy-five, though Colorado and USC. And Valpo and Alabama. BYU would only play three of those. Yeah, they'll play either Valparaiso uh, yeah. or Alabama. So there's some nice games lined up there, especially in Vegas next week. But oh, undefeated in non-conference play. Now it's not all great, Jaron, because BYU was terrible from the three-point line last night. What the heck was going on? Yeah, 25%, four for 16, which is one of my going for two picks. So Huge thanks, concern. Thanks for that. They can't shoot from outside. How about this? Last year, if BYU had gone four for 16 from three, loss. This year... That was a win. That's because Eric Mika had 26 points and 18 rebounds. That's awesome. Yeah, that's and, awesome. There's and the a field lot goal of... percentage was still 40%. Okay, Siskaru says, that was actually called blue milk. <laughs> How do we know it was milk? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Jerem, BYU Because only... George Lucas said it was. BYU only played seven players last night. I'm really concerned. There's no bench, man. The only childs came in, had a 5-5... Five and five. Uh, Elijah Bryant's still working his way back. I think Elijah Bryant's a good player. We have not seen 
what he can do quite yet. But that rotation was really tight. I know some other guys got in Stephen Bale for a little bit. Zach Frampton made it to the box score. He didn't actually play in the game, so whatever. In the words of Metro Man from mm-hmm. the animated cult classic Megamind. Cult classic? Let's get real. Let's get real. Matrocity. Okay, <laughs> yes. The Lone Peak 3. The hype was fantastic. And through one game, yes, they lived up to the hype. But it's been one regular season game. And is it really Sweet 16 or bust no. after one game? No. Just get to the NCAA tournament, right? Yes. Find a way to get back to the big dance. Eric Meek is shooting 90% from the free throw line. Yeah, that's not going to hold up, people. Listen, he did work really hard in the offseason, shot a lot of free throws, but I'm cool with 70%, right? He looks good at the free throw line, though. That was impressive. And BYU won that game because they shot so well from the free throw line. They started 20 of 23, struggled down the stretch. I think BYU got a little tired. But in the first game, that's fantastic. They made, what, 30 free throws? Yeah, 30 for 41. It took 41 free throws? Unbelievable. I did, I did overhear the Princeton coach in reference to the officiating go, they know it's a home and home, right? He was mad. BYU <laughs> only played seven players. And listen, this was not the game for Dave Rose to experiment with a bunch of new guys. He said the urgency of each possession was too high. So listen, Coppin State. <laughs> He'll play 12 Coastal, guys. Coastal Carolina. Yeah, those are some, 12 guys. Yes, you're going to see everybody. I don't think BYU is going to redshirt anybody, by the way. I didn't see any guys in, uh, in shirt and ties behind the bench. So there you go. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Join BYU Sports Nation. What are your game one overreactions for BYU basketball? At Cool Cougar says, Eric Mika is the emperor of Provo. <laughs> His throne rests beneath the hoop. What he decrees is law. Hashtag Hail Caesar. Before he left on his two-year LDS mission trip, Eric Mika said, yeah, I want people to call me Caesar now. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> at Lance w- Hail Caesar. At Lance W. Archibald. Eric Mika is the best player in the West Coast Conference, and this team won't lose a single West Coast Conference game to anybody not named Gonzaga or St. Mary's. Ooh. That's, that's an interesting one because... That might not I, be off. Yeah, I don't know if that's an overreaction that BYU might not lose to yeah. anybody not named Gonzaga Eric or Mika St. Mary's. Eric is the best player in the league. Could be. We'll see. There, there's some good players. Gonzaga, what a performance against San Diego yeah, State. Yeah, they destroyed they, San Diego State. Like we said, they are loaded. Even more loaded than I thought. Collins Kid from Vegas. They have uh, Kevin Tilly, who almost single-handedly beat the men's volleyball team for national title. He played for Irvine. His brother plays basketball for Gonzaga now. I'm like, oh, another Tilly. No. Good. Revenge. Vengeance. (laughs) Hey, by the way, we have taken our going for two predictions, not just to the football field, but now we have tipped it off on the basketball floor as well. And there was some stress happening between Jeremy and myself last (laughs) night with our first going for two picks on the basketball side. So let's relive it, shall we? Can you predict the future? Nope. These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. All right, Jerem. I said for my first going for two pick, BYU would out-rebound Princeton by five or more. They, and the, they did. The tallest guy in the starting lineup was 6'9". They have two 6'11 so. guys. That's played sparingly in that game due to foul trouble. Oh, calm down. 51-38. That is nice. Plus 13 is good. I utilized it. You said 10 plus. Now we're talking. 10 plus is just bold. That like, is these are, crazy. Yeah, you, these are, yeah that, that is nuts. But I would have been right. So, yeah. yeah okay. Just yeah. pretend I said 10 plus. 
<laughs> so are the graphics. Is. Number two, no team will lead by double figures. Mm. Oh. oh, you were close on that one. Like, that was a really bold prediction. Yes. You went for two, and you threw like a fade in the back corner of the end zone, and you almost got it. The largest lead stinks. The largest lead was 11. I said nobody yeah. would lead by more and than And it got to 11 digits. in the first half, and, and then go- it was, I think it was in singles. Yes, basically uh, the rest of the all, game. Yeah. Yes. Crazy. All right, so one for one for me. I, including football, I have gotten 10 right out of 22 total picks. I said, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, if you're like sub 500, like both of us are. Uh, I said BYU win by five plus. I got, yeah, I got it. Nailed it. Uh, the line was four. Uh, BYU will make eight <laughs> or more threes. <laughs> hey! We, we, what? Four threes? Lone Peak three? As in three pointers? Come on! So I'm eight for 14 on the year. Oh, you're eight. Sorry, eight for 22. Eight and 14. Eight and 14. Uh, but we're going to keep track of overall and basketball, okay? So there'll be a football champ, probably you. And then there'll be, I'm not confident, like TJ Haas, sorry. <laughs> and, and then there'll be an overall and a basketball one. I'm still plus two, man. Woo! I know. BYU Sports Nation <laughs> continues after this. Coming up, we talk both football and basketball with Uncle B, Blaine Fowler. What was he most impressed by? BYU basketball last night. In fact, what are his overreactions? Yeah, I want to hear those. Final four bust, man. BYU, bro. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Our question today, what are your overreactions after one game for BYU basketball? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. After further reviews, coming up tonight, 7 Eastern time, the guys break down Southern Utah preview UMass, in which BYU is a 30-point favorite. Live on BYU TV coming up this weekend. Uh, countdown to kickoff. We'll get you ready for that as well. And, and we have uh, BYU versus Coastal Carolina that night, so it'll be a busy Saturday. It's we awesome. have two Olympians on the show today. Ed Eyestone coach of track and field and cross and country will join us in just a bit and between the lines with olympian kate hansen awesome. still on the way she's going undercover with ashley hatch of BYU women's soccer that's awesome I-, I would feel bad if you were a guest on this show but you weren't an olympian oh because that's what uncle b is oh whoa he's hey, an olympian hey. in oh, hey, our Blaine. hearts and he's a national wow. champion right but he's Blaine? a national that's, champ that's my biggest disappointment that i'm not an olympian <laughs> like i wanted to be an olympian but i just couldn't do anything what sport would you have you're from New York, so you could have done winter, well, too, no, right? I couldn't even throw the javelin in high school because you know, somebody tried to catch one, I guess, at some point. And they didn't, they didn't have javelin when I was in high school. Except for we'd go over the border and play against Sarah High School on the other side of, in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and I would throw the javelin then. I, I think that that was – I should have been an Olympic javelin thrower. Yeah. But because somebody tried to catch one one time and was injured <laughs> – New York banned the javelin. And that, Why would you try and catch that, it? That, no, I don't know if they tried to catch it, but somebody got hit. I just have to say it. Somebody hit. got hit, and then next thing you know, we can't throw the javelin in New York. And so didn't get to do that. But I really believe that I would have been an Olympic javelin thrower. That would have been awesome. Wow. Yeah. But no, it wasn't to be. It got taken out from under me. And so then I had to focus on football and basketball. Hey, Jeremy, way to bring up a super, super sour topic. <laughs> I, I like learning things about Blaine because Saturday during our pregame show, there was a picture of you and Dave from the 80s, which I thought oh was awesome. Oh, my goodness. And it was great to have that game on BYU TV. 
this week's games on BYU TV. We have basketball this week on BYU TV, so it's awesome. And, and our Twitter question is about last night's basketball game, and we saw each other at the Princeton game. It was a fun night. What, what's one of your overreactions for BYU So if basketball? I have to have an overreaction, I'm going to say, man, BYU's a fantastic free-throw shooting team now, and they're lights out on defense. <laughs> is that I, and, bad that I just laughed? No. And here's the thing. I was really impressed in both of those areas last night. Now, that was great. Now I have to see a trend. And, and Princeton um, runs a different type of offense that requires you to really communicate well because they come out, they screen a lot, they back cut. And if you noticed last night, BYU communicated really well. And that was a concern of Dave Rose uh, when we talked to him last week, that, that this team uh, up to that point hadn't been talking to one another, the rotations weren't as good as he'd like them to be. Because against a team that runs their stuff as well as Princeton does, you've got to talk to each other um, to help each other defensively. I was really impressed last night with how they defended that. Now, they're going to play teams that are better off the dribble. So they're going to have to be better in perimeter defense. We're going to see if they can do that. They showed me some signs of doing a good job of that last night. They're going to play some bigger teams. They're going to play a lot of bigger teams that are going to put more pressure on the bigs, and we're going to have to see if those bigs can can defend on the ball against other bigs without fouling and stay in the game. So, But, I mean, coming away from last night, I was really excited with the way they played defense. And and I thought their effort level – was much higher than we had seen in the exhibitions and in the blue and white scrimmage. It was a real game, and they knew that they were playing against a very good team. Remember, this Princeton team was very good last year, and they had 99% of their scoring and rebounding back. They had 13 guys back. One of the most experienced teams in the country. They're picked to win, win the Ivy League. And remember, last year you know, they, they lost by one game in the league race to Yale, who went and beat Baylor in the opening round of the NCAA tournament. The Ivy League, and I've done a lot of games in the Ivy League uh, over my years with NBC, that's a very good basketball league. And uh, so the, I think that that's a quality, quality win. And we're going to see that Princeton is going to be a good team. They're, ve- they're talented. That was a good win last night. I keep hearing from uh, people that have watched the Lone Peak 3 and some parents specifically that have said everybody gets excited about the offense that this team brings, and rightly so. They're so fun to watch on the offensive side of the ball. But Quincy Lewis made it kind of his mantra as the coach at Lone Peak High School, and now he's at BYU, to make them good defensively. And so he's like, that gets overlooked a lot because they're so good offensively, but they pride themselves on, on communicating well defensively, so I'm glad you brought that point up. Yeah, and you know what? It, it's an interesting thing because if you watch those guys play together, they were very good defensively. But in high school, they were athletically the three best people on the floor in almost every game. Not when they went and played in tournaments in Chicago or in Miami. Then you had to see if they had the sustainable effort to be good defensively. So they showed flashes of it in high school. But it's a hard transition. Um, to come from high school and be really good defensively at the college level. Because now you play guys with the same or better quickness than you. They have the same length that you have. And so now it becomes the really good defenders not only have those physical skills, but they're very tough mentally and can sustain defensive effort for a full game. And so that's that's what I'm waiting to see. And I've talked to Quincy and talked to Dave. They're capable of doing that. I was really impressed with the way they played last night. Now I want to see a sustained effort against different types of offenses that will attack them in different ways. Can they play that consistently defensively? Because I don't have any question this team can score with anybody. Did the bar just get raised on uh, Eric Meek for this season after last night? That, I'm telling you, is that as good a uh, return missionary right off as mission first game performance? I mean, he looked awesome. 
he was clearly the best player on the floor, and he looks like I looked at him last night. So you want a big overreaction because we have to wait and see? But I went, this guy can play in the NBA. Like he's got the skill set. And was it Fran Fraschel, our friend Fran, that said he looked like Sabonis? Sabonis is averaging seven points and three rebounds a game for the for Oklahoma right now. So and he, I think he's more athletic than Sabonis. So he he looked good. He looked aggressive, like he went after rebounds. Dave Rose wanted to see him rebound out of his area because as a freshman, he was really good. If the ball came off his side, he was going to clean the glass. But if it came off the other side, that's where Collinsworth was phenomenal, rebounding out of his area, going and tracking down rebounds. He he did that last night. There was a time when I Brenda was sitting next to me. I turned and said, "Is he going to get every rebound in this game?" <laughs> Seriously, I said, "He's going to go twenty twenty. That was in the first half. I said, "He's going to go twenty twenty. He had a shot at thirty twenty. Yeah, it was crazy. And and that rebounding's a mindset too. And Eric Mika showed me a lot last night. He defended well. He rebounded well. And he's the biggest guy on the floor. Um, and and I was impressed that that he and Yoli were able to play pretty well without getting in foul trouble. Now, Princeton doesn't have the bigs to go in, mm-hmm. and so a lot of their defense last night was help defense. But we've seen them get in foul trouble in that situation before, and they did not last night. So I, I come away from last night's game, and I go, okay, this this team maybe can be a little bit better than I they thought they were because I wasn't sure about the defensive component, but they showed me some things last night to give me some excitement that they can play defense. All right, Blaine, let's finish with a football question. How do you gauge success for BYU on the gridiron when they are a 30-point favorite against UMass? I know it's hard. It's hard to, uh, to you know, give yourself some what, – what are the goals? You know, obviously, you want to win by 30-plus if you're a 30-plus point favorite. But to me, it's more than that. Teams that are really good love to play. Not only do they love to play, they love to practice. So they don't come out against inferior teams and start slow. Really good teams, because they love to be together and they love to practice and love to do all that, it doesn't matter who they're playing. They come out and they're sharp from the get-go. So, so what I want to see on Saturday, I want to see them come out against a team that are 30-point favorite on, and from snap one, whether they're on defense or offense, they execute and they play a clean game and they play with a ton of energy. If they can do that, then they'll impress me. Um, and that's really the only thing that will impress me because they should beat this team by 30 points. And, and UMass has better athletes. If you were to go at the 22 starters and compare them to Southern Utah, Southern Utah has some good athletes, especially at the skill positions. But if we went across the board, they have more athletes than Southern Utah does. They just haven't been able to put it together, but they've stayed close with a couple of talented football teams. So that that has to have – if they watch those guys in film, that'll get the attention of the players. They're watching the guy they're going to play across from. They're going to go, I don't understand why these guys aren't better because they're athletically they look like they're, they're pretty good. Now, I think UMass coming across the country and playing in elevation and all that, you know, I think it's going to be a struggle. But So, so let's, let's judge the first five minutes of this football game. If BYU's unbelievably sharp and playing with energy and passion, even though they know they're a 30-point favorite, then, then I'll be impressed with what, what they bring this Saturday. Fantastic stuff, Blaine. You can see more from Uncle B on After Further Review tonight. Also, he'll be on the call on Thursday for BYU basketball against Coppin State. And then uh, double dipping on Saturday. Saturday's crazy day. Yeah, Football that's, and basketball. We'll, we'll, we'll just do one and walk across the street and do the other. That'll be fun. It's a good hey, thing you live in that's Provo. What that's what life is. Yeah. What else would we want to do <laughs> on a Saturday? We just BYU talk football, football and basketball hopes. all day yeah. long. That's what we got to do. Let's go. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, we are joined by the man behind BYU's cross-country success. Holler! The men's head coach and former Olympian, Ed Stone. This is BYU Sports Nation. Now there's an Olympian. Mm, there is an Olympian. 
Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, and Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Hey, we'll be live on Facebook Live today, the BYU TV Sports uh, Facebook page, at 110 Eastern Time with BYU Football Practice Interviews and our recap. So check that out as the Cougars get ready for the Minutemen. They're always ready from UMass. Refreshing today's BYUS and headlines. Men's basketball beat Princeton last night 82-73 in the season opener. Eric Mika had a career-high 26 points, 18 rebounds. All right. Tied a BYU record with nine offensive rebounds in the game. TJ Haas, by the way, fourth ever freshman to score 20 or more in his first game. That's, that's amazing. That was a really good win, as we outlined, for BYU. Use the hashtag BYUSN. What are your Game 1 overreactions from that one? Jamal Williams is going to play in the Senior Bowl January 28th in Mobile, Alabama. Congratulations on that invite. He has accepted it. That is fantastic. Yesterday, head coach Kalani Satake gave an injury update on the running backs as well. Algie Brown and Squally Canada did not practice yesterday. Stay tuned to our Facebook Live hit to see if they did today. And they will monitor the progress uh, of those guys along with Jamal Williams. So we could see a situation where K.J. Hall is uh, the guy Saturday. We'll see. He had a good game last Saturday. Amy Boswell, the West Coast Conference Women's Volleyball Player of the Week. The team moved up two spots in the latest coaches poll to number 10 in the country. They are also sixth in the latest RPI standings. How about that? And in the final USTFCCCA rankings, the men's cross-country team finished fourth, and the women's team finished 28th. The Cougars, uh, men and women's teams, will compete in Terre Haute, Indiana, this Saturday for the national championship, which is awesome. We'll talk with uh, cross-country coach Ed Eystone in just a second. Yeah, in fact, let's do that right now. The first of two Olympians on the show today, Ed Eystone, cross-country track and field head nice. coach. It's good to have you back. And every time you come into the studio, I can't help but think about that glorious, beautiful yellow, the yellow track the ye- and field <laughs> official know, hat. Hey, nothing is too good for you guys. That's so right. <laughs> so we, reached, we reached into the vault to pull that one out. This is vintage material this, here. So I hope you appreciate oh, that. I love sense. it. Yeah. It's one of our favorite bits of swag on the set. Yeah, That's yeah. not a lie. I, I've walked into some of the track meets uh, with that on. They just let me in. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I even go out there and I'll like judge. This is the throw. golden ticket right here, baby. <laughs> The golden ticket. I may borrow this for this weekend to bring me some luck. I, okay. Okay. At least I'll touch it. Ooh, okay. Yeah, the good. little, the little rope on the front uh, is the best. There's good karma coming from <laughs> that thing right there. Thank so, you. So you're, both your teams, the men and women's teams, have been fantastic this year. When did you know this was going to be another good year for the cross-country uh, Probably the first meet of the year. We went against Syracuse, who were, were the reigning national champions and poised to repeat. And we beat them. <laughs> so I think that was kind of a wake-up call. I, I mean, these, it's, this is a good, very good group of young men, uh, but I really felt like this was more of a transition year. It's kind of a blue-collar group. Yeah, we'll get through until we get a couple of uh, you know, good recruits back from missions and whatnot. But, hey, they've really risen up, and that's what it's all about. You know, year in, year out, a new group of guys stepping up and uh, couldn't be more proud of the group of, of guys and the way that they have raced this entire season. Now, expectations can alter because of uh, the way that your team performs through a season, and now all of a sudden you're headed to the national championships, and you can't help but think, hey, we we might actually have a shot to win this whole thing. So what are your expectations at the national championships? 
Yeah, I think our expectation uh, after that first meet always was that, hey, we, uh, we deserve to be on that podium, you know, top four. Um, and at this point in time, we really have not dropped below a top four ranking, maybe fifth or sixth sometime in the middle of the season. But we've always been up there flirting with the top four. So I think uh, we believe that that is certainly possible. Uh, we haven't let it go to our heads necessarily. It's, a, it's kind of ironic because in the team camp that we had the week before school started, one of the goals that we had was we were not going to pay attention to the national rankings yeah, this year. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, it's, been, uh, it's been good and bad because we've been right up by there, but it's like, no, we're, we, I don't know where we are ranked. Oh, we are ranked number two right now? Oh, oh. who knew? Who knew? <laughs> um, so, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the great thing is as long as these young men can just go out and have another, you know, just day at the office as we've been doing all year long, then I think the, the ultimate place will take care of itself. And I, I certainly do believe we're a top four team. And I, I know some of the guys on the team won't be content with just the fourth place. So that's kind of an exciting position to be in. I don't think we feel much pressure coming in because, um, again, this was going to be a rebuilding year. Um, but by, by the same token, I think we want to get out and, and demonstrate what we're capable of doing. Nice to be rebuilding and ranked fourth in the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like and I like the work ethic because I know you guys competed, was it Friday uh, in Logan at the region, right. regionals? And then I'm, I'm at the stadium Saturday and I'm walking back to the building and there's they're the guys they're out there running doing their thing yeah the day after region so i like the work ethic and remind us how many miles a day or week you get your guys uh yeah we have guys on the team going as high as 90 miles a week and some 70 to 90 miles i don't drive 90 well i I I tell people you know the best diet in the world is 90 miles a week because you can pretty much eat anything (laughs) and just, just burn it all off right so 90 is crazy i I live nearby. I don't drive 90 miles a week, I don't really? think. Really? Yeah. yeah. I need to get out there, guys. Okay. Brian Logan, I think, still owes some miles or something. Yes, he does. Yeah. As a matter of fact, Ed, when you, st- when you trademark the uh, run 90 miles a week diet, I want to be on your team. <laughs> I want to be part of that movement. Yeah, with you, okay? I think there would be some, uh, yeah, some lawsuits that would be <laughs> taking place if I tried to do that. But, hey, if it can make me you know, some, some payola, then I'll do it, I guess. <laughs> Now, uh, Diljeet Taylor uh, with the women's cross country folks, she loves working with you. And uh, this who team, doesn't? Oh, I, I, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I'm just you ask a I'm fantastic no, question. I'm, no, I'm kidding. Uh, this team has also overachieved in, in a way. And so, what are the goals for the women's team? They're ranked 28th right now, but uh, they're also rebuilding. Yeah, I think I think it's great for the women. Uh, that they are ranked 28th because I think it takes some of the pressure off their backs because they're, they're definitely a top 20 team. And I think if they can just get out and have one of their better days, uh, the regional meet was not one of their better days, but I think that uh, the national meet coming back, bouncing back from that, I think they all know that they're very capable of being a top 20 team and even a top 15 team if, if things fell. I mean, quite frankly, they beat a team in University of San Francisco at the conference meet that I think is currently ranked ninth or 10th. Wow. So, we could see them in the top 10. It would be just amazing if we could have two teams in the top 10 uh, this weekend in Terre Haute. Yeah, and Terre Haute always hosts the uh, cross-country national championships. Um, what are some of the rituals you have when you go there? Do, do you do the same stuff? Because um, you're there every year, right? Well, you know, they have a, an amazing, thriving Cougar club there. There's a man by the name of uh, Chris Newton, Judge Chris Newton. He's a judge in the area and a bishop, and I believe in the stake presidency now. Uh, he does a great job kind of mobilizing uh, the, the BYU fans in the area, so we always have all kinds of goodies that we shouldn't be eating uh, laid <laughs> but out. Can, uh, <laughs> because you run 90 a week. Well, I guess so. 
Um, but no, they do a great job, and we have a, a nice tradition. We usually will do a fireside either the, either before or after uh, the the championship meet, and so it's just a, a great. We 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 almost feel like it's a second home for us. So it, it's great going back there. There's also a place there, believe it or not, that makes. Uh, milkshakes with pie, Ooh. so it's pie milkshakes. Mm. So you know pie, that that, yeah. that that's also although uh, pie shakes, pie shakes. Yeah, yeah. You, you've heard of that, I guess. Yeah. There, so that's not a unique thing to tear. No, I think, <laughs> I think it's. I think it's good. No, have it's you unique. had a pie? What's your favorite pie shake? My, mine's blueberry. I, blueberry pie shake is cherry. Is tough Love it. Yeah, cherry pie shake. Yeah. Pie shake. I have never had a pie. You gotta shake. have a pie shake. It's delicious. Yeah. It come, sounds come to, delicious. Come to Terre Haute with us, and we will take you. Run for a 90 bicycle. miles, go <laughs> to Terre Haute. All you got to do is run 90 miles and get on the plane, and yeah. you can fly to Terre Haute. You're going to have to run the 91st, though. Sorry. <laughs> Ed Eyestone, BYU Cross Country and Track and Field Head Coach, with us on BYU Sports Nation. What are some of the, or who I should say, are some of the stars that we should pay attention to individually for both uh, the men's and women's teams? Yeah, well, Nico Montañez has just done a, an amazing job. He was a, he was a JC uh, transfer from uh, Arizona um, Oh, a couple of years ago, and he's just been doing a great job uh, for us. He's been kind of leading the troops. Almost, not ev- not every uh, race, in fact, uh, but he's he's been one of our strong guys. He's someone we're looking at at hopefully being an All American. If you want to be a podium team, you generally have to have two or three All Americans, and so joining him, uh, John Harper uh, ran very well for us at the uh, conference meet. Uh, he was second overall there. Um, uh, Braden McClelland is a, a freshman, just a redshirt freshman, who's been running very well for us as well so I think I would love to see him run well and then we had the luxury since we you know pretty strong team that we actually rested uh, one of our uh, top runners Rory um, Linklater at uh the regional meet, and so he's coming in with some fresh legs, and so really, if we can get this core, Clayton Young's another uh, important factor for us, so if we can get all these fresh legs together for us, uh, running well, uh, then I think we have a chance to be a, a podium team. Spencer Hansen has also been running very well for us, so it's a, it's a great group of six, seven guys that we're going to be taking there, uh, and it, it's a team sport. That's one of the great things about cross-country mm-hmm. as opposed to track. I love track. When we get into track season, that's my favorite sport, but when we're in cross-country season, that's my favorite yeah, and, uh, <laughs> the team aspect of it, the fact that you score, score five runners, means that there's not one guy in my top seven who can really relax and they're running for each other. In, in a lot of different sports, you uh, need to be able to run and jump and whatnot, and you develop a certain skill, basketball, jumping, uh, you know, football blocking or catching or whatever. How do you develop the skill of running? 90 miles a week. We got a theme here going, right? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it, you, you become more proficient by doing it. And, and uh, so, but there are obviously lots of different workouts that we do to kind of perfect that. There are long runs that they go on the weekend, 15 to 17 mile long runs. Uh, there are tempo runs where you go out, not at race pace, but pretty close to race pace for extended periods of times, five, six miles. And then there are shorter interval workouts where you're doing mile repeats or 800 meter repeats that you're going much faster than race pace. So by building all these energy systems because it's uh, it's a it's a not a real skill sport but it's a uh, you still need to build the energy systems to ultimately get you to the finish line first uh, and by doing the various workouts and then having a tremendous aerobic base that they build up over the summertime then that ultimately leads to success yeah. in the in the distance events ed you've touched the golden ticket hat and now we're going to give you the byu sports nation karma so that you can go to Terre Haute love it. in your pursuit of the podium Thank with you. your team and enjoy a blueberry pie shake oh love it but not until after the race though after, after the, the race, race. okay true <laughs>
<laughs> we got to get those things in yes, order. Exactly. That's the reward. The and, reward uh, yeah. is the pie shake. Okay. Exactly. Great and, to talk to and you. And get on the podium. Exactly. Congratulations on all of your success as well. Well, we're having a good time, and hopefully we'll have a, a great time by both the men's and women's squad on Saturday. Fantastic. We'll be watching. Thank you. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, the second Olympian, Kate Hansen, takes us between the lines with a new edition of Undercover Athlete, one of the best soccer players in the entire country. Do BYU fans really know her? BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Studio B. If you miss an episode of this show live, not to worry. The rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV starting at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Also, there are 74 other ways you can download the show on demand. Yeah. And AFR, after further views, tonight, 7 Eastern Time, the guys uh, Dave, Blaine, Brian, David get you ready for UMass this week. They'll recap what happened against Southern Utah. 7 Eastern tonight. What are your Game 1 overreactions for BYU basketball? That is our Twitter question today. Send in (laughs) your responses using the hashtag BYUSN. It's time that we go between the lines. With the second Olympian on the show today, Kate Hansen. She's undercover with women's soccer star forward Ashley Hatch. You all know what she can do on the field. She celebrates a lot because she scores a ton of goals. In fact, she spent time with Team USA. But do students recognize Ashley without the number 33 on her back in celebratory form? Let's go Between the Lines with Kate Hansen. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. What up, guys? My name is Kate Hansen. I'm here with your BYU Inside Scoop. Let's go Between the Lines. So a few weeks ago, we debuted Undercover Athlete with one of our football players, Needless to say, it was a hit, so we decided to go round two with one of our most decorated soccer players, Ashley Hatch. We went on campus and we asked the students a few questions about women's soccer right before their first round game. Now for those of you that don't know about women's soccer, here's some things that you should probably know. They're a number four seed in the NCAA tournament. They won their first round game. Ashley Hatch has led the nation on and off in goal scored this season. She has two hat tricks and she was invited to play with the U.S. women's national team. This is Undercover Athlete. My name's Ashley Hatch, and I'm going undercover with Between the Lines. Do you know anything about BYU women's soccer? I know the team is good, and the playoff game is this Friday. I'm going to find me a hot date, and I'm going to be there Friday night. I think it's against uh, UN, no, UC from California, I think. They're playing UNLV. UNLV. Okay, I get my U's and my M's confused. They're ranked top 10, I think. Um, I know I'll, I've been to a couple games. All the girls are pretty cute. Not going to lie. Um, I think they're really athletic. Do you just know any names on the team? Nadia, she's really good. Lindsay Sterling, good for her. She's really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know a couple. Um, I don't know their name. <laughs> yeah, so I know... I know about Ashley. I went and saw her when she played for the national team. You should introduce me to some of the girls on the team, but it's probably bad timing. Have you ever heard of the name Ashley Hatch? Yes. Is she on the team? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Sounds a little familiar. Not doesn't ring a bell, really, but yeah. I know you're on the team. <laughs> a leading goal scorer. Oh, wow. There you have it. <laughs> Do you know what a hat trick is? Just fancy leg work, getting the ball, a trick shot. 
three points or more in a game. Some people have been calling her hat tricks the hatch trick. Okay. Like what do you, what do you like think it. about that? I like that, actually. I, I'm all about that kind of cool, like, inside joke type stuff. Yeah, I think it's cool. That'll catch on real fast. <laughs> I think so. Okay. You've got to hashtag it. That's awesome. You're Ashley, right, Hatch? Thanks for the advice. I'm Ashley Hatch, so. Oh, very nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice to meet you. I'm Ashley Hatch, so nice to oh, meet you. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Ashley Hatch, nice to meet you. All right. <laughs> yep. Oh, what? <laughs> hey, good luck, team. You guys got this. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. Make sure you go on Twitter and check us out at BYU underscore BTL. We send out Twitter questions every week, so make sure you check that out, and we'll see you here next Tuesday. Take it away, boys. Oh, a between-the-lines yeah. worthy of the Olympic designation. Yeah. That was I, fantastic. The embarrassment of people is hilarious. I'm Ashley Hatch. It's nice oh. to meet you. Oh, it's nice to oh. meet you. Wait, what? You're Ashley? Also, I didn't know Lindsey Sterling was a yeah, member Lindsay of the women's Sterling. soccer team. Man, she, she, can, play, she can play the violin. Play the violin. She can dance. <laughs> Scoring goals. She can score goals. <laughs> Crazy. Isn't Lindsey Sterling like 30-something? Come on. Really fun. And we wish the best of luck to BYU women's soccer uh, on oh, yeah. Thursday against Oklahoma. Big game. Top 25 showdown in the second round of the NCAA tournament. Sweet 16 trip on the line. No pressure, but this team needs to get to the Sweet 16. They will. They, they're, they're so good that if they don't get to the Sweet 16, I'll be like, mm, didn't quite do it for me. So they got to win Thursday. Now it's, now it's go time against they're South Carolina. They're going to do it. Yeah. What are your game one overreactions for BYU basketball? Our Twitter question today at JNL32012 says, Haas will break someone's ankles. We'll make the dogs in the kennel cry. <laughs> oh, and we're going to win it all. Does that mean win a West Coast Conference championship? It all? Like... The whole thing? Mm. Like, look out, Duke? <laughs> <laughs> BYU needs to get through Gonzaga before they worry about Duke. At It's a Faux Hammer, BYU will sweep Pepperdine this year. <laughs> <laughs> Best Troll Award to At It's a Faux Pepperdine's hammer. been a tough out for BYU. Listen, uh, Pacific uh, is a formidable opponent in the Merritt Center, Spencer. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, all the rest of everything else that is good within BYU athletics. We call it the Cougar Whip Around. Stay with us. Whoopsh! BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. We shall whip it. Okay. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Beat Princeton, yes. Last night in the season opener, 82-73, Eric Meek had a career-high 26 points. 18 rebounds, and he tied a BYU record with nine offensive boards. TJ Haas, fourth ever freshman at Brigham, to score 20 points in his first game. Football. Jamal Williams going to play in the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama on January 28th. Congratulations to Jay Swag Daddy. Yesterday, head coach Kalani Stocky gave an update on the injured running backs. Algie Brown and Squally Canada did not practice. They will monitor their progression as well as Jamal Williams. Colby Pearson joked to the media that in order to get a 100-yard game from somebody, the receivers are going to throw all their names in a hat and then select one random guy <laughs> and target that one receiver the whole game. Corbin Co- 
What? Yeah. Corbin Kafusi and his mustache announced yesterday that he will join the basketball team after the bowl game on December 21st. Volleyball. Amy Boswell was named the West Coast Conference Women's Volleyball Player of the Week, and the team moved up two spots in the rankings. They're now 10th in the ABCA Coaches Poll. They're also 6th in the RPI. How about that? Cross country. Pacing for a four seed. In the final USTFCCCA rankings, the men's cross country team finished fourth, the women's team 28th. The Cougars will compete at the Nash- the NCAA championships in Terre Haute, Indiana. Hashtag pie shakes. Yeah, exactly. Steve Cleveland will join us coming up this week as well as UMass football coach Mark Whippo, a fellow independent, Spencer. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Hey, I, uh, I have an interesting story to tell. We've got a couple of minutes here. So, oh, I can't uh, wait. Yesterday I called BYU jokingly the Harvard of the West, right? Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, that's, that's Stanford. Okay, so at Todd Ann says, Yale's motto is Lux et Veritas. It's written in Hebrew on Yale's seal, which is, wait for it, Urim and Thummim. So is BYU really? the Yale of the West? <laughs> wow. <laughs> they, and they're blue. That's, a bit, that's an Old Testament y, reference. Yeah. And their rival is red. How about that? So is BYU the Yale of the and West? And Yale just beat Washington in hoops. BYU would like to beat a team from Washington in hoops as well. <laughs> that we would. In Spokane, particularly. Har- yeah, let's not worry about Harvard. Let's worry about Yale. Okay, let's, let's go there. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Jerem? Eric Mika, he was a fantastic beast, and we knew where to find him last night. 26 points, 18 rebounds. Awesome. He was outstanding and worthy of several overreactions. Rated PG-13. What are your Game 1 overreactions for BYU basketball? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At CL underscore living says, No question why a certain team to the north wanted to stay out of Provo this year. Hashtag you must be afraid. Hashtag Cosmo flips out. I don't get that one. I don't understand that one yeah, either. It, it, it would be fun to play Utah this oh, year, wouldn't it? Yes. Yes, it Instead, would. Instead, they were busy with... Northwest Nazarene. Hey, it's all good, man. At WCC officials (laughs) tweeting in, we might be able to get BYU a conference championship. How about that? After after, uh, one of the Princeton guys fouled out, I said, do I like the WCC refs? And they quoted my tweet and said, brother from another mother. (laughs) (laughs) It is on. At Milton underscore rat with our elite tweet of the day. With a hashtag, BYU to the Ivy League. I believe that they did a, uh, did some searching but did not discuss any individual candidates at this time. Hey, thanks to Blaine Fowler, Ed Eyestone, Kate Hansen. It was a national champion or Olympian day on BYU Sports Nation. And everyone on our crew, thanks. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Blaine, if you still want to throw the javelin, I think I know a guy. I'll try and hook that up. The show on Our demand producer through in high school on BYUSN.com. The audio podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app for Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to Dale Rex. We're back to work tomorrow at noon Eastern. Do you know who Ashley Hatches? <laughs>